Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Today is the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And we cover disability a lot on the Opinion Line. Disability awareness, disability provision, the lack of services or others for other things for children in particular with a disability. I thought we'd uh, touch base with Dr. Anne Devlin, who is a research officer with the Economic and Social Research Institute, to talk about disability in Ireland on this, the 3rd of December. Anne, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for being with us. Let us look at, at the whole disability sector in in Ireland uh, and the data that yourself and your colleagues at ESRI have to hand what level of disability do we have in the country and 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 what how do we predict and how do we i suppose assess the needs of the disability sector through data yeah um so it's actually something that is very, very difficult. And we discuss this in the report in quite a lot of detail. So even defining disability is extremely hard because there's no universal definition. Um, and disability, as we all know, can be very different to different people. So I think um, this report is trying to fill a gap here in using the census data and the growing up in Ireland data to um, sort of better equip policymakers around making these decisions around future provision and especially for children, because that's what we're looking at here is preschool children and yeah. um, I think we're lucky in that we have the growing up in Ireland data which not everywhere is going to have and it's a really rich data source for children of this age mm. um, so I think with the growing up in Ireland data and the census data we are in quite a good position mm. going forward. That's a very comprehensive bucket of data if you like the growing up in Ireland isn't it? Yeah, and it's really interesting in that it has um, your primary or main caregiver, so usually a parent reports on the child, but also a professional. So the teacher also reports on them when they're age five. So that's really interesting because of these reasons around defining disability, we're getting the different perspectives. Um, so as I said, disability is hard to define, but we take in the report different definitions, different measures and try and get a grasp of it all. Mm. I, I, you're right, there is no, there is no standard definition of disability you no. couldn't possibly have one could you no and i think it's very interesting i think if you said to somebody do you know what disability is they say yes of course and you say well define it for me mm. uh, it's a bit harder so and we see all these different definitions the un the world health organization and then countries within their um discrimination laws have their own definition so it really is a very complex task to try and get a hold of mm. is there even a broad definition as in something that something that forces a person to approach life differently or that, you know, they, they can't deal with life in a standard way. Is there any kind of a one-line definition of what disability is? Um, 
So what I would give you, now this isn't what all of them, but the general gist of it is that do you have a long-term illness condition difficulty that will impact you um, for, say, 12 months and that affect your day-to-day activities? But then even within that, what are your normal yeah. day-to-day activities? Is that work? Is that getting dressed? So, um, But that's the one-liner I would give. Yeah, it's, it's such a broad church. Uh, there is yeah. no single disability. Looking at disability in children and it's mm-hmm. uh, for me personally uh, look my son is 24 he, he's got a disability he's on spectrum and we've we've been through that bringing him up as parents and I therefore have great empathy for parents who deal yeah. with children with disability do we know the extent of it Yep. So if we look at the census data from 2016, so as I said, we use different data sources, but if we just concentrate on it, we're finding that those aged three to five, there is nine and a half thousand children with a disability in Ireland. So that's about four and a half percent of the population in that age bracket. And then the census even lets that, us break that down by categories or types of disability. Um, so these aren't mutually exclusive, so they'll add up to more. But we have about 5,000 children with a physical disability, about 5,500 with an intellectual disability or difficulty, and 2,000 children with a psychological or emotional condition. And then we have 1,500 with issues with their vision or hearing. Mm. Figures also tend to vary based on the source of where they're collected. Would it be, is that a fair observation? Yeah, absolutely. So that's going back to the first point about these definitions, about who you're asking. Um, so we do have a lot of difficulty in that, and that's why we use these couple of different sources to really try and get a grasp of it. Um, we're finding very different results. And then there's also the fact that disability may not be permanent or it might not be apparent yet. So because we're looking at this three to five age group, um, some children have difficulties that might not be considered a disability um, or which may be considered a disability, which then go on to outgrow. So it might just be they're developing slightly later than some of their peers. And then on the other end, you have some difficulties which maybe don't become apparent, usually until they're in school when they're sitting every day with children of the mm-hmm. same age and maybe teachers noticing difficulties. So you have disabilities that are maybe you're growing out of and you have ones that aren't becoming apparent until maybe later, yeah. till you're five, till you're seven. There's a thing, actually. I mean, we have a sentence coming up now in, in 2022. So if you take a child who was entered in the last census... Um, yeah. And then a child entered in this census, the disability may well have developed or been spotted between the two. Yeah. Also, you could have had a child with what was feared was a disabling condition the last time. Yeah. Thankfully, that's all cleared up and they're healthy now. So they're off that list, which means your data is changing all the time. Yeah, and see, that's what's good about the growing up in Ireland because it is this longitudinal aspect. For example, um, we see the proportion of children who have issues with their hearing or their vision doubles between ages three and five. So that's probably just getting picked up once they're into the early education setting. Yeah, yeah, definitely that is a thing. Also, some counties are different to others and presenting this radio programme here in Cork, I know we have a high incidence of disability among children in Cork of varying kinds and varying yeah. extents. Um, and I, I guess Dublin might be the same, Galway, Limerick, Waterford. Is it a thing that depending on where you are in the country, we know more about levels of disability because there's more access to diagnosis and more access to testing and more access to assessment? 
Um, yeah, PJ, I think that's really interesting. There obviously is special variation across the country, but it's not something we have fully grasped in this research. And I think it's definitely an area that could be looked at in the future. So, for example, um, as I said, the state average for those three to five is about 4.5% of children have a disability. It's 4.8% in Cork. But then we also see it's 5.8% in Offaly and Limerick. So there really is quite a lot of difference. Um, It's hard to say what that could be. You know, there's a couple of things I think maybe it could be access to diagnosis, as you mentioned, could be a potential factor. Um, but also you don't need a diagnosis to report as disabled. So it's self-reporting. It could be that people are moving to areas where there's no one to be better supports for children with additional needs. And it could be the willingness for people to report that their child has mm. a disability. So these can all vary, but there's definitely numerous factors at play. And I think it's an area where there should be work done in the future. Is it an old fashioned notion that there might be parts of the country and where, do you know, a different child shall we say, a child that's a bit different might not be reported as such that, ch- that parents would just say, that, that's, that's, that's John. John is John. Um, I think that's always the case. When you're dealing with self-reported data, it's always, um, there's always differences in how people go about it or how people consider it. There could be stigma attached to these things as much as we've tried to move away from that. Yes. There still can be a stigma attached to it. So um, there's a lot to unpack there and it goes sort of beyond what we're looking at here in terms of the data. Yeah. So looking forward into the next five to ten years, we, we, we tend to base policy on research. Yeah. So what 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 policy changes are required based on the research to hand at, at your desk, say? Um, well, one of the main findings, I suppose, of the work was, so we haven't really discussed it yet, we go on to project the numbers into the future. So again, we're dealing with things that are hard to measure and we've seen in the last couple of years how things are hard to predict. But we're finding that because of the fallen fertility rate, we shouldn't see huge increases in the numbers of children with a disability, which is good. Um, this year, work was funded by Pobal. Um, because of the AIM programme they run, which is to support children three to five in the um, education setting, so they have equal access to education, um, which is obviously a huge thing in terms of their long-term development and maximising wellbeing. So I think it's just keeping programmes like that going. I think we're really starting to see now the benefit for early education for all children, but in particular just how vital it is that children with disabilities have equal access to early learning and social, social school age care and education. Mm. And the need for early intervention, it screams from every, from every collection of data, from every experience of parents and children, the need for early intervention. Isn't that, that should be writ large. Yep, absolutely. So the AIM programme is demand-led. So I suppose you need the parents or the teachers to be knowing there's difficulties or problems that they can go about access the interventions and the supports for the individual child. Okay, all right. Listen, thank you for being with us today on this International Day of Persons with Disabilities and Dr Anne Devlin, Research Officer with the Economic and Social Research Institute. 4.8% of children under five in Cork with disability. Wow. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. This young man got onto us during the week and wondered if I remembered him. Remember him, I could barely forget him because... Nicholas Ryan Purcell, you were a guest that impressed me very much when we first met in 2019, talking about your life with autism. Good morning, Nicholas. A very good morning, PJ. And I just want to say thank you and your researcher, Fiona, for having me on, because indeed your interview in January 2019 was very profound. Well... What I found impressed about you was how well you told your story. It was a documentary at the time, uh, and and that went really well for you. I was blown away by how the documentary was received. And in fact, the time when I was on with you was before the documentary screened in the Gate Cinema in Middleton. And, and in fact, the Gate Cinema... The Gate Cinema in Cork City, Mallow and Middleton were very, very well attended. Yeah. It was a 52-minute documentary. 52 minutes, as we discussed at the time, Nicholas, was a broadcast hour. Did anybody ever put it on television for you? The reason I went to cinema is because a producer from... Producers from television turned it down because I was told in emails that it didn't fit their their programming requirements. And that's why I went for cinema. Mm. And and it, and the documentary ended up screening in twenty eight Irish cinemas. Brilliant. And and I was just blown away. And in fact, in fact, what's happened now is I have written a book yeah. entitled Anything is Possible, Learning to Live with My Autism. Yeah. And this, this documentary, this book tells my story of how people helped me overcome obstacles with my autism and to show me that really anything is possible. Yes. You spoke to me the last time about discovering your autism and, and having it understood. Would you remind listeners again for me, Nicholas, if you would, please, how was your autism discovered and who helped you? 
It was a psychiatrist in Dublin who diagnosed me in the year 2003 when I was aged 13 in my final year of primary school. And I remember at the time being absolutely stunned that I am clearly different. But yet, what really put a positive slant on having autism was finding out the uh, the successful people in the world who have it, like Einstein and and all those. I I just won't name people for copyright reasons. I got you. I got you. Was that Professor Fitzgerald who diagnosed you, by the way? It was. It was, yes. Yeah, a great guy, Uh, a great man. He diagnosed my son, so a super, super guy. And when you learned at 13 that this is your difference... How did that change your life, Nicholas? When I learned I had autism, having autism really helped my parents to know what supports were needed because actually having a diagnosis on paper was indeed the best thing that they got because at least they they had an answer. And they set up one-to-one resource classes for me throughout secondary school. And, and I have to say that I was very, very fortunate with resource teachers in secondary school because I regarded resource teachers as heroes because I could talk to them any time I was troubled about whatever was on my mind at the time. And, and I just want to say as well that my, my dad is actually a Cork native and he's from Churchtown near Buttevant mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, a group called Schliella have ah. now occupied, have now, uh, Schliella have actually occupied his home place in Churchtown and, and um, I'm really looking forward to being there with my book on the 11th of December at Schliella. Excellent. And we know Schliella and we know the wonderful work that they do. So tell me about the book, Nicholas. You wrote it during lockdown. It was a lockdown project. That's it. Um, I will tell you exactly how the book began. I remember in March 2020 when the Taoiseach at the time announced everything had to be shut down, everything, all 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 schools, all sports had to be shut down. And I remember I was watching a series of films online on a loop and suddenly this particular film stood out to me about a child being bullied. And I was really engaged with that film. I just felt absolutely compelled to watch this particular film. And there and then when I was watching the film, um, tears just started to stream down my face, my cheeks. And in fact, my emotions began to rise to the surface and I realized, my goodness, it was actually bullying that triggered my depression. And I never actually faced, I never actually faced my bullying fears ever until until un, until lockdown and that's what started the book was actually go, going back over my life and examining how how people were really good to me and how how bullying basically affected me and 
Were and you, Nicholas, were you bullied because of your differences? Yes, exactly. Um, because I I remember like. For example, when our family used to live in Emily Village in in Tipperary, um, my my parents organised a trip in a Fiat car without a roof on it, and it was owned by my primary school art teacher Barbara Connolly. And I remember being very very excited and. Any time I got really, really excited about something, I used to giggle to myself for days after. And in fact, to tell people, I, I, I used to show complete, complete joy. And when I showed that complete joy to others who didn't know me, I used to be laughed and sniggered at because, because I, I, I like, I, I was told horrible words by yeah. people that didn't, that, that basically didn't know me because any, any time I got excited about anything, yeah. um, I, I used to express it so much more than, and, and, than and why, and why wouldn't you? And I, I, I think it's one of the lovely things about people because I think people, people with autism, they, they don't, they, they express their emotions in their way. And and, yeah. and and it's great that they do, and it's great that they can. It's great that we let them. We should let them. Nicholas, the the book. And yes, go ahead. I just want to say, whilst my documentary was being screened, um, there was one particular school that does that was really good to me, um, called Charleville CBS Secondary. Yeah, and 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 there's a teacher in there called Dennis O'Donovan, and. Dennis O'Donovan had a lasting impact from the day I met him because he he's a teacher in that school, and you never guess what he did for me on the day when the students were watching my documentary. He he brought me into the town of Charleville, and he brought me to a train set to to actually see a model train set working, and he set this all up for me. And I remember then that. That particular night, the school organised a screening of my documentary to the public in the Park Hotel. Oh, and fantastic. and since that day, Dennis has just made a massive impact on me. And two other schools that I remember who screened the documentary were, were my father's primary school in Churchtown in Cork. And then another school who showed us was Liz Carroll National School. Yeah. and. And um, and one big opportunity came out of the autism documentary was the Irish Navy in Hull Bowline actually uh, invited me to their base because one of their officers watched my documentary in the Gate Cinema in Mallow. Fantastic. And 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 I remember being absolutely bowled over when I got an email from from the navy. Good man. And Nicholas, the book is out. Um, you're looking for shops to sell it. Uh, you're you you self published it. That's exactly it. The reason I self published the book is because a renowned publisher had quoted me twelve thousand euros to print it, and. And I don't have that kind of money. So I went to a local printer in Nina called Brennan Print and they were just fantastic to deal with. Good, good. And, 
Uh, and and also I had a very good editor called Mary Cahillan, um, who lives very close to me in in Tipperary, and and so Philip's Bookshop in Mallow have agreed to stock it, Excellent. and and the bookstore in Kinsale have agreed to to stock the book wouldn't, as well. Wouldn't it be great if we could get you somewhere in the city? Wouldn't it be brilliant? Oh, it would be great. I mean, I, 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 I would be delighted if, if I could get into Cork City as well. Well, Nicholas, would you do me a favour? Because I would be, I would be deeply honoured if you would sign a copy of the book and send it to me. I will do that, definitely. Because I, I love talking to you. You're a remarkable young man and I cannot wait to read the book. Your documentary was a, was a work of art and the reason I mentioned why it, why wasn't it on television is that it should be on television. And I just want to say, in case people would like to contact me, um, I have a Facebook page called Nicholas Ryan Purcell Productions. Okay, good man. Listen, good good luck with the book. Time is tight for me. Nicholas Ryan Purcell, yeah. thank you so much for being with me again on The Opinion Line, particularly on this day of the International Day of People with Disabilities. His His new book is out. It's called Anything is Possible, Learning to Live with my autism autism and uh, that that young man is phenomenal courts 96 fm botox cosmetic out of botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information including boxed warning visit botoxcosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.